This is Savio. I've been seeking answers to some of life's most perplexing questions my entire life. In 2014, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. And ever since, I realized my calling existed outside of what I knew to be familiar. This podcast is your home for survivors like myself and those who are searching to find meaning to their why. In season two, the show includes a mix of coaching sessions followed immediately by interviews with those from all walks of life who have been successful in the business, marketing, coaching, and financial worlds. The intent is to show the human experience in its rawest form so that others may glean insight. Nothing is rehearsed or has been edited. As a board-certified wellness coach, my job is to ask the deep questions of those trying to make sense of their place in this fractured world. I believe life speaks to us in different ways. Many of us listen, but don't know how or where to begin. As someone who has crossed the bridge between life and death, I say simply, begin where you are now and get busy living. If you liked today's episode, I would appreciate if you could share it and subscribe. Be sure to tag me at The Human Resolve so I can reciprocate in kind. So without further ado, welcome to The Human Resolve Podcast. Rachel West loves helping her clients through the transformation process. As a big proponent of practicing what she preaches, she endeavors to correct a wrong that was thrust upon her at an early age. Only by forgiving the cause that created the effect will she ever hope to truly own the moment. Hi, Rachel. Good to see you. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good. So what would you like coaching on? Emotional health. Emotional health. Yes. All right. And so what would be a great outcome from that? Allowing myself to get out of my way. Allowing yourself to get out of your way. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had good emotional health? Yes. And, and what was the, what was some of the you know, particulars that you remember? Feeling calm, relaxed, um, in my excellent zone, happy, focused, determined. Those are some really good descriptors there. Yeah. And how does that show up in your like day to day? Not as often as I'd like it to. So when it has shown up, like describe the day for me. I'm focused on me. There's no distractions. And I own the moment. You own the moment. I I just saw you sort of smiling when you said, I own the moment. (laughs) If if that was an embodied sort of feeling, where where would that lie? The feeling I just had Mm -hmm. in my heart. Your heart. Yeah. yeah. Would you like to explore further? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So just want you to you know, get calm. If you want, you can soften your gaze or close your eyes, whatever you're comfortable doing. Would you take a couple of breaths in and out? I want you to go to this feeling that you sort of expressed earlier, the feeling in your heart. 
what's it what's it doing it's just it's such a good place i don't even know how to describe it 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 just makes me smile when i go to that place i don't have any thoughts i just smile yeah can you describe what it what it tangibly could could be like tingly calm vibrational peaceful excitement engaging purposeful did any of those show up in your life like in your childhood well if i consciously answer right now i say no (laughs) however i'm sure they did You're sure they did. <laughs> Expand on that. I'm sure they did. <laughs> well, I just feel like as a child, I think about my daughter. <clears throat> She's five. And I just think about how pure a child is and how innocent they are. So I don't remember that for myself offhand. However, I'm sure there's moments of that. So as a mother, how, how, how are you showing up for your daughter in that sense? Um, well, I definitely make aware, an awareness to teach her certain things however i know i show up in a way sometimes i was how my parents showed up for me and i'm consciously aware of it now it hasn't fully shifted so for me being present was physically being present Like, I just wanted my parents to be there, and they weren't. So for her, I'm there, I'm present, but in my mind, I'm not physically present. I know a lot of times when when she wants to play, I'm there physically, but my mind is elsewhere. Like, oh, I need to go be doing work for my business. I need to be in the kitchen doing the dishes. And so it's, I'm working through myself to be able to switch that in how I'm showing up for her because I'm aware of it. And now I need to figure out how to shift that so that I'm not showing up that way. How I felt was how you show up. And has she expressed this to you or is it something that you sense and feel? Um, 
she hasn't expressed it to me now. Um, it's just my awareness. I've been very more in tune to myself lately that it's my, I don't feel physically present. I don't feel mentally present. I'm physically present. And I feel like those are different. I'm wondering, what do you think your daughter needs from you? Love. Direction. Role model. Consistency. Do you feel like you give that to her? So how do you think you could be more, like you said, physically present with her while you still giving her some of those other criteria? Be able to turn off the chatter, I guess. I don't know if that's the word, um, but just be able to be in the moment and, and play with her and not be thinking about being in the uh, in my office working or doing house chores, I want to be able to just be in her room and be playing and not have to be worrying about other things. And is that feasible with your work schedule to be in the room with her playing and not focused on work? I think it is. Yeah, um, I'm newer into business. I've been into business for about only a year and a half. So I feel like in the beginning, it's definitely a lot more effort. However, I know that there is a harmony in that I just am looking for that harmony to make it all work. And if you were yeah. more present physically with her, like, what do you imagine would happen? If I was more physically with her or mentally? Physically. What would I think would happen? Mm -hmm. I think she would enjoy that. Um, she doesn't say it. However, I feel it from her. That she too feels the distance and the disconnect when I'm not mentally there, but I'm physically there. So what would it mean if you were more mentally there with her then? I'm in the moment. I'm present. I'm focused on her. I'm playing. I'm not elsewhere in my mind. Do you do, you do any things with your clients regarding this more mental awareness? Yes. So what would be some of those things? Teaching them modalities to allow themselves the grace to be there. Mm. Mm -hmm. To allow themselves the grace to be there. Yeah. So allowing their schedule to be flexible where they're, when they're at, when they're doing business or work, they're doing business or work. And when they're with their family, 
it's family time. And when they're doing chores, it's chore time. So being able to switch modes, so to speak, in being in the right space at the right time and allowing your focus to be in that. And has it worked for your clients? Yeah. So how can you take a little bit of that wisdom for yourself? Um, well, I'm definitely working on it. I think it's, it comes down to planning and your schedule. How are you scheduling your family time, your personal time, your work time, your chore time? And what are you doing in that time? So that's definitely something I've been working on. And what I have my clients work on is being so, I'm going to use the word strict in the beginning in what are you doing every minute of the day and keeping track of that. Because what that allows you to do is see, are you really doing business in business time? Or are you scrolling through Facebook and you're saying that's business? Are you really playing? Or are you focused on what needs to be done next? So being able to have that data in front of you and being flexible in that. So that's what I'm working on. So you mentioned a couple of modalities. You mentioned the scheduling. What other modalities have you used with your clients? To, for, for what purposes? Any? To, yeah, to be more focused or, you know, be more consistent with work time versus play time versus focus time. Yeah. Um, paying attention to your thoughts. How, what are you thinking about? during your day? And is that creating a positive impact on your day or a negative impact on your day? So one of the modalities I use with them is I have them write, um, I set a timer for however often they want it to go off during the day it could be once an hour, um, twice a day, whatever is convenient, I say in the beginning, the more often the better. So when that timer goes off, you're writing down what am I thinking in the moment? Is this thought positive or negative? And how does this thought make me feel? And that's allowing you to be more consciously aware of the thoughts that you're having. And then same thing like the schedule, you now have a data that you can visually see in front of you of the thoughts that are, are occurring on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, a daily basis. And then you can then have the choice to shift those negative thoughts that, you, that you're having to positive. And I say negative because the majority of people, their thoughts are focused on negative things. So when you're doing, when you're first starting it, you're becoming aware of how often you're having these negative thoughts and um, what's happening around that time that you're having that thought. And then now you're aware of them and you're visually seeing them and now you can start reframing them or shifting them get to give them a different meaning. And have you tried that in your life 
with with you mentioned working on this. So is is, is that something you've used? Yes, it is. Yeah, and and how's the progress on that? It's it's going a lot better. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there was just a lot of talk in the beginning about sort of having that emotional intelligence. How do you define that specifically with this particular scenario of yours? Well, I feel like I would define it as being aware, being in tune, and knowing how to shift your state or your state of feeling as it's coming. So let's say a specific feeling is coming and it's not positive. We'll just say, for example, that it's self-doubt. And instead of letting yourself spiral into why the self-doubt is coming, and this is a true story, which is why I'm using the example, I let myself spiral into this for several weeks before I pulled myself out of it. So being able to identify when that's happening and pull yourself out faster than three weeks. I mean, for me, that's um, a shift in itself because most people aren't aware and they just don't know and they just let it spiral and they don't know how to pull themselves out of it. So I've done a lot of work on myself internally So I'm more consciously aware of when it's happening. And so now it's making sure I use those modalities in the moment to pull myself out faster. Um, I also think that it's important to allow yourself some time, not a lot of time. (laughs) (laughs) So allowing yourself to sit in it and heal it and then pulling yourself out of it. Whether that's an hour or a couple days, everybody's different and needs to process that differently. However, the longer that you're in it, the harder, I'll say, is to pull yourself out of it. To pull yourself out of it. So what's the like, the promise line when it comes to emotional intelligence for you? Like, what's the zenith? Um, happiness, awareness, um, expressive. A lot of the same terms I've mentioned already come back to mind, determination, um, focus. Is living all those expressions realistic? I think so. Yeah. And if you live that expression, how would your interaction with your daughter be? Versus what's happening now? I think it'll be so much better. 
um, I she I felt like she's also very intuitive. So even though she doesn't say anything, and I've noticed she and what I know from energy, she does. So I think it would create a closer relationship than what we already have. Yeah. I asked you earlier, what do you think your daughter needs? What do you think your daughter actually wants from you? Attention. She wants attention. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned previously that you give her that attention physically, but mm-hmm. sometimes you wander off mentally. How could you then shore up more mental presence for her? Turn off everything else and be present in the moment. Do you know anybody else who does that? Yeah, I do. And what do they have to say about that? Have you asked them? Yes. Um, I haven't asked them. What do you suppose they would say? That when you allow yourself to do that, turn off everything else and be present in the moment, you're present in the moment. You're where you're supposed to be and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And everything else outside of that doesn't matter at that time. And so you mentioned to me that you wanted sort of a diametrically somewhat different experience than you had as a child. What do you think some of the life lessons that you can sort of bestow on your daughter that you didn't have growing up? Connection. Um, My parents divorced when I was two. And my dad was around, but not around. Um, so that's where that, that part comes from. And then my mom, I lived with her. So she was around. However, she was in and out of abusive relationships with alcoholic, um, mostly alcoholics. Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> I was going to say narcotic too, Um However, no. <laughs> um, so I think I just learned from that to figure things out. And if I wanted something, I didn't have anybody to help me get it. So I had to do it on my own. So I, I'm very cautious of the language I use with her and the things that I say to her. Um, If I tell her I'm going to do something, I do it. And if I can't do it, then I will either tell her we'll do it another time or figure out a different way to um, allow her that want. Um, Especially knowing my background in neuro-linguistic programming and that language really does matter and how you or I speak to her matters. 
So I try not to say things like, oh, you can't have that or you don't have the money for that. Um, I'll have her earn, you know, clean her room to earn money so she can buy the things that she wants to buy. Um, or, you know, oh, you could have that for a holiday. So I always, I would say that's the biggest thing. Um, and just teaching her to forgive and that not everybody's the same. So one person can like something and another person not like it. One person can like you and one person cannot like you. So I am teaching her that everybody's different and that's okay. And you can also forgive. The biggest thing I learned in the last few years was that people do the best they can with the tools they have. And that phrase allowed me to forgive. So I want her to, to grow up thinking that that's just a way of thinking. There's, there isn't a difference. Does she have a relationship with her grandparents? Yes. And through your eyes, how do you describe that relationship? With my parents? No. How do you describe the relationship that you see that she has with your parents? So my dad, same thing. He's not really around. So I would say it's probably the same or less. Um, but my mom, she sees on a weekly, weekly basis. So I would say... It's similar to mine or better than what mine was with her at that age. Do you find that there's growth in an emotional intelligence standpoint when you see that dynamic between your daughter and your mom? Yes. And I think with my mom in me shifting without her doing any work, her seeing that shift in me, she's shifting as well. So Rachel, I we, believe there's growth. Yeah. So Rachel, we went through some meaty, meaty topics and sort of insights here. What's sort of resonating with you? Out of all of that, mm -hmm. I, I guess, honestly, this last part, the connection between her relationship with my mom and my dad. You want to expound? Well, kind of what I just said, how my relationship was with them and how her relationship is with them and how my mom is shifting because I'm shifting without doing any work is cool to see. And it kind of coming forth as I'm speaking to you which is changing her relationship with my daughter, which is not what I have that. <laughs> so that's really cool to become aware of too. So how would you handle like some type of obstacle and, and, you know, some regression in this area? With my, my daughter's relationship with my mom. Yeah, and, and, and sort of, you know, your view on 
say for instance your mom reverts back to the way she treated you how do, how do you see how do you see that how do you see yourself handling that Um, well, communication, either a conversation with my mom, um, or a conversation with my daughter or both. Separately? Separately. And so how can you sort of make sure that you're sort of accountable to, in case this sort of creeps up on you? Well, I've also been working on my relationship with my mom as well through all of this. Um, she's very quiet. And in the past up until recently, I was very quiet. And so I'm, I'm making a, an effort to build that relationship more and communicate more. So we have monthly lunch dates, um, she comes over and comes out with me and my daughter and we just kind of catch up and because whenever my daughter sees her weekly, however, that's usually when I'm working. So I'm dropping her off and then going to meetings and working and then picking her up. So we don't have a lot of conversation in that kind of switch off. So I wanted to, that was one of my goals for this year, 2021, is to build that relationship with my mom. So I asked you previously about what your daughter wants and needs. And then now I'm going to ask you, what do you think your mom wants from you, Rachel, the adult right now? Um, to have a better life than she had. To have a better life than she had. Yeah. To do more for myself to I'll say I think something I took from her or learned she was always that person who wanted to help people in the wrong way so that's why she was in and out of these abusive um, addiction relationships she herself never had an addiction However, she just felt compelled to want to help these people. And I feel from my perspective, it was just she wanted that, she, that need. I need to help them and want to help them and thought she could help them. So I think from my perspective, I have that too in, a, in the opposite way. I want to help people who are struggling through the same things who are struggling through addictions or struggling through their mental health. Um, so that's really cool. And so now how does this feel in the body right now for you? Kind of how I felt in the beginning, like happy, smiling. Yeah, excited. Is it more realistic or the same? More realistic. Wonderful. If you could sort of label this as a, or tag it with like a hashtag or something, what would it be? What would it say? Hashtag express yourself. Hashtag express yourself. Awesome. 
I love that. Because I feel like just being in this conversation and allowing myself to express myself to you, it went from this idea of what I, my idea of emotional health to I can have that emotional health. Mm. So it went from the wanting to the actualizing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this was wonderful. I would love to transition into the interview portion. So tell my audience more about Rachel West and what you do and, and who you serve. So I am a personal growth coach and my focus is on mental health and addiction. Um, my, my background's in neuro-linguistic programming um, or NLP for short. And for those of you who aren't familiar with that, it's the science and study of human excellence. And um, I'm also a practitioner of timeline therapy, which is a modality helping you work through your emotions by discovering the root as to what holds you back and prevents you from moving forward. So I um, have been coaching for just over a year and a half now. Um, I stumbled into this field. I went to school to be a graphic designer, got my degree in graphic design and media, and opened a business I had for four years, stumbled into NLP. I had never heard of it before. I had no idea what it was. My business partners said, hey, I think this would be a good idea for you to, or for us to study, to learn how people communicate, how they're processing information so we could write marketing messages to reach them on a deeper level. So that's how I got into it. Um, thought I was getting into it for communication and discovered that there was a lot more to it than that and realized quickly that I wanted out of the design agency and that I wanted to coach and focus on mental health and addiction. I previously mentioned because of my background with my family and just discovering the modalities of it and that I could help people so much deeper through their struggles I knew that that's what I wanted to be doing. And it was easy, uh, an easy transition and easy for me to switch over very quickly. Um, I felt more aligned with it. Whereas before I was, I found myself just going through life checking boxes of what I thought I should be doing. So um, I really enjoy what I do. I, I like seeing that shift in somebody when they're sitting in front of you and they just get it and their neurology changes because there is that internal shift is happening. Yeah. You know, I feel like mental health is such an important topic, but it's also an overused word that's being sort of expressed for obvious reasons. What have you found to be like, I don't know, like the pattern in that, like, what are, what are the reasons why do you think some people are just not moving forward? Honestly, I think it is their, their self-talk. What are, what they're saying to them on a daily basis. I mentioned earlier that most people focus on the negative. So statistics show that we have around 90,000 bots come in our mind every single day. And of those 90,000, 
80,000 of them are focused on negative thoughts or about things that don't want to happen. So I think that's why it's such a big topic because people are in their head with whatever their perception is going on. And then kind of how I, I was talking about earlier where they're just spiraling down and they don't have the tools or knowledge to pull themselves out. They're just sitting in that pool of thought that consistently happens on replay. So what would be some basic tools that individuals can use to get out of self-talk? Definitely the tool I mentioned earlier, um, bringing awareness, self, um, yeah, self-awareness is the number one key. So taking out that timer, setting it on your phone for every hour, I recommend in the beginning, and you can do it less often after you've done it for um, X amount of time. I sign this to my clients all the time. And it really helps you because you're seeing on paper the thoughts you're having, you're physically writing it out. And that makes a difference from you just thinking it because now you're writing it and you're seeing it. So now you have a database of your thoughts and that's the first step because now you're aware and you'll be amazed at that awareness and that's all you need. I love it when I have guests on who can sort of extract things from sort of, you know, their, you know, their learning and their growth. What has been some of your inspirations in life, whether it's movies or music or anything else? Well, from music specifically, um, there's a song by Carrie Underwood called Champion. And that is my morning wake up motivation. Wow. <laughs> yep. I, I have it. it. Yep. I, my alarm goes off and that's the first thing I listen to because it gets me prepared for my day. One, it allows me myself to wake up instead of, you know, your alarm going off and you just hopping up. It's like my body just needs to wake up. So that kind of allows me to rest, but still kind of aware and help set up my day to be more positive. Mm. So that definitely inspires me. Yeah. My favorite song is, oh, Miley Cyrus. It's all about the climb. Uh, I yeah. love it. To me, I resonate really deeply to it because, I mean, as you know, I'm a cancer survivor. Um, and I, I feel like once you kind of overcome that, there's a whole host of stuff that happens to you afterwards. But once you kind of make it to the climb, there's another climb <laughs> and, and another climb. It never really ends. I mean, you could take some rest in between the climbs, but never sort of ends. So um, I love that. I love the fact that you, you know, resonate with the music. Yeah. Um, what do you, you know, like besides sort of like the music and your sort of daily motivation, what are some of the things that, you know, that you do that sort of keeps you going and keeps you, you know, ready to tackle the next thing that comes your way? You know, I've been doing a lot of self-work lately, and I came across a book called The Emotion Code, which is why I brought up emotions today. Um, And it's been so mind 
opening. I don't know what the word is, but um, I don't know if you've ever read it or other people, no. but it basically gives you a technique in muscle, um, muscle to me, I think it's called. Um, however, I have um, been using a pendulum a lot lately. So I don't do the muscle tuning, I do the pendulum. And so basically it allows you to identify trapped emotions within your body, identify the event which trapped the emotion and release the emotion from your body with the use of a magnet. So I've been, I probably started reading it about three weeks ago and I've been doing it uh, several times a week and just the it's amazing to me I'm like this stuff is so cool just that I'm so in tune that I'm discovering not only the emotion but the event that are that trapped the emotion and it's like that makes so much sense and where it's trapped in your body so that that has been like my release. I look forward to doing it. Um, I'm like, can I do this faster? <laughs> but it's like, no, no, you can only do it so often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? So how your unconscious mind works is it only presents what you're ready to work on. And so um, as quickly as I would like to get these uh, negative emotions out of me, um, my unconscious mind isn't ready to let me do that. So, but this is really cool awareness. So once you're aware of it, what have you done that has helped you transmute it or transform it? I feel like it may, it's things like I haven't thought about in, or ever thought about. So it, I guess it's helping me make peace with that event. Yeah. So like one emotion was trapped, I'll give you an example, um, from my very first relationship and it was a four year relationship ended with the boyfriend cheating on me, which trapped, I forget which emotions I've done several, but, um, it just made so much sense that, um, that event would attract, would trap that emotion. And it, and it gave me a chance to make peace with that event that, that occurred. So what are you, what are you looking forward to now that hopefully things are opening up in the world and, and whatnot and your business and life? Like, what do you, what are your aspirations? Um, well, I'm very excited for my coaching business. Um, my next step is to open a training school. I would love to teach other people NLP and timeline therapy I feel like everybody should know it, what, regardless of what industry you're in, it's a benefit for personal and business. Um, I want to do destination retreats, like wellness type retreats and partner with um, other people in the holistic industry and just create an experience um, in everything that I do. I want to um, speak more and um, so many ideas and I'm growing quickly and I'm really excited. Yeah, I could, I definitely can see the enthusiasm <laughs> in your eyes. Um, well, you know what? This has been really fascinating, Rachel. Can you tell my audience where they can find you on the internet? 
the best place to go um, is Facebook. And I have a, a private group called the Growing You Forum. I'm really active and involved with that group. Um, so find me in that group um, and we'll chat. Wonderful. And do you have an actual website besides Facebook or? I do. Yep. My website is empoweringgrowthcoach.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. This has been really delightful. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Hi there. I really hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode of The Human Resolve. If you feel that others may enjoy this episode as well, please share socially at The Human Resolve. They can also visit my website, thehumanresolve.com, where I offer one-on-one coaching sessions, daily prompts to move in the right direction, sync directly to your smartphone, and a subscription to my weekly newsletter where I probe into the secrets from living smarter to feeding your three brains. If you could also help me out and give me a review and rating on this platform, because I do care what you have to say, I would really appreciate it. Now, get out there, my friends, and get busy living.